Hello and welcome from Mount Pleasant Baptist Church. This podcast you're about to hear was recorded at our Burrigan campus. So sit back, relax, and enjoy what God has to say to you. Good morning. I'm going to be reading from Colossians chapter 1, uh, verses 3 through 14. Paul writes this. We always thank God the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, when we pray for you, because we have heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of the love you have for all the saints, the faith and love that springs from the hope that is stored up for you in heaven and that you have already heard about in the word of truth, the gospel that has come to you. All over the world, this gospel is bearing fruit and growing, just as it has been doing among you since the day you heard it and understood God's grace in all its truth. You learned it from Epaphras, our dear fellow servant, who is a faithful minister of Christ on our behalf and who also told us of your love in the Spirit. For this reason... Since the day we heard about you, we have not stopped praying for you and asking God to fill you with the knowledge of his will through all spiritual wisdom and understanding. And we pray that in order that you may live a life worthy of the Lord and may please him in every way, bearing fruit in every good work, growing in the knowledge of God being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might, so that you may have great endurance and patience and joyfully giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in the kingdom of light. For he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the Son he loves, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. Well, this morning I'm going to be talking about bearing fruit, as you can see from this scripture. And uh, I just want to say how wonderful it is to be with you. Um, I am half Australian. My great, 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 great grandfather jumped ship in Port Phillip Bay, um, Melbourne. He got caught by the captain who he was serving under, who he didn't like. Actually, he was very mean to him. He got put in the ship's dungeon and he escaped and he jumped ship again. And on this occasion, he managed to swim ashore uh, to Queenscliff where he met and married a a woman, obviously, and had lots of children. And I am one of his descendants. So um, I don't know about you, but I have never been in captivity. I have never been in a dungeon or a dark cell. But all I know is I am a creature of the light. And um, being in Australia here in February, I mean, in London, it's sort of dark by quarter to four in the afternoon. You sort of feel the sun never rises there. But here, it's wonderful. And I've only lived in freedom all my life. And in this passage from Colossians, Paul talks about how We have been rescued from the dominion of darkness and brought into the glorious kingdom of God. And that's why it's for this reason he prays that we might live our lives worthy of the Lord, 
pleasing him in every way and bearing fruit in every good work and growing also in our knowledge of the Lord and being strengthened by his power. I don't know if you made New Year's resolutions uh, January the 1st. You probably broke them by lunchtime on January the 1st. Uh, but I do believe that every year the most important thing is actually, rather than looking inwardly at ourselves, it's no bad thing to do that, but probably faith diminishes because we just can't, as it were, do the things that we feel we should. Instead, we become every year more and more reliant on God. And we become more determined to fall in love with Jesus where faith will increase and fruitfulness will flow from that intimacy with him. And where we not only grow in faith, but also in wisdom and in understanding. And we reflect a life that is pleasing to God. I confess that when I prayed the sinner's prayer 44 years ago last week, I was so proud and ignorant that I didn't even know I needed to repent. I have asked God's forgiveness since then. Um, but I didn't realize actually how much I needed to be forgiven, and I was totally ignorant about the Holy Spirit. But as I've drawn closer to Jesus, I've discovered just how much I need to be forgiven. And in the last 30 more or more years, spending a great deal of time with people in prison, all around the world, I've realized um, I've been humbled by seeing their reaction to God's word as I've watched men and women experience the power of the Holy Spirit in extraordinary ways. I remember one three-day mission I was on with Nicky Gumbel, and uh, I remember him saying to me, Em, what happens if, if there's a, a little bit of violence in the prison and, you know, we have to sort of... I don't know, be protected by the officers. And I said, Nikki, that's why we pray. So down he came and I gave him an opportunity to speak, as you'd expect. And he was reading from Ephesians 2, where Paul writes, as for you, you were dead in your transgressions. And all the prisoners were going, yes, we were. Oh, I'm falling over. <laughs> and then um, in which you used to live, that was us, they would say, when you followed the ways of the world. Yes, we did. And we followed the ruler of the kingdom of the air. And then as he continued reading, but because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ. Yes, they said, that's us. We're alive in Christ. Do you know, church, I, I find I see more life in prison than I do in the church sometimes. It's true. <laughs> but I wish you could have heard their responses. The word of God carries such power. Um, a number of years ago, we had through Lent, the, um, we were just praying and, and sort of fasting and, and, and worshipping more through, through Lent. And uh, at our church, we always pray as leaders before the prayer meeting that the prayer meeting will be blessed by God. And in this prayer meeting, uh, we were asking God just to speak to us first. And I got one word, and the word was twitch. So I've learned if you get something from God or from the Holy Spirit, you go back and you say, well, what, what are you going to be doing tonight, Lord? Are we all going to be twitching in church? He said, no, 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 no. It's an acronym. I said, what is it, Lord? And just like that, he said, T-W-I-T-C-H stands for the word in the center of your hearts. 
Now, of course, if you have the word in the center of your heart, you have Jesus, because Jesus is the word. And I remember that um, I was on a three-day mission once in, in Dartmoor Prison. I've done a lot of three-day missions in prison. And uh, one of the um, uh, prisoners who was the chapel orderly, and I'll just close my iPad from him, imagine this is his Bible, and he had it under his arm, and um, everything he was doing, you know, whether it be sort of putting out a chair or giving us tea and coffee, he always had his Bible there. So I said to him one day, Finney, why, why don't you put your Bible down? And his reply was, because it's the sword of the Spirit, and at any time I can wield it into your life. <laughs> okay, okay. And he used to write letters to me from Dartmoor Prison. He wrote scriptures I'd never read before from Obadiah and Micah and Joel. And, you know, I remember looking them up just to check that they were real. But, you know, his whole script was just scripture after scripture. Um, and, you know, he just loves the word of God. And he said, my time in prison, I invested in my spiritual life. And it was like a retreat. I think, wow, that's quite something to say. It's like a retreat. But then I met another man called Chris Lambrianu, and uh, he was in for life, for murder, and one day he was um, just thrashing around in his cell, angry, and then he saw under his bed a dusty book, and he, he just leant down and picked it up, and he blew off the dust, and then he opened it, and it was a Bible. And he started to read it, and he thought, wow, the words in here are just amazing. And that night, he used it as his pillow, because he thought, I want what's in here to go into my brain. And then the next day, he stuffed it down, his tracky bottoms, just so he had it with him at all times. Now, wouldn't that be great if we considered the word to be as important as that and use it in that way? I want to introduce you to two friends who've experienced for themselves the grace and forgiveness of God. And uh, they truly have been rescued. So this first picture is Eddie. Eddie grew up in a children's home. Uh, he was rejected by his, his parents and just was in a mess, in and out of juvenile prisons, then in and out of adult prisons, and um, came eventually to live in London. He's Scottish and lived on the streets. And this is Eddie. Um, uh, living on the streets. And he tried to do the Alpha course in our church, but he was very disruptive because he was not only a drug user, but also a severe alcoholic. And, you know, if you have people who are very, very disruptive, sometimes they can't actually... It's not terribly easy for everybody else in that group. So he tried one Alpha course, very drunk, tried the next, very drunk. But on the third Alpha course, he was sober. And on the Alpha Holy Spirit weekend away... Someone laid her hand on him and prayed for him to receive the Holy Spirit. And he gave his life to Christ. And this next picture is of him on mission in Skid Row, Los Angeles, where all the drug addicts live. And he went with a team of ex-addicts led by their connect group leader, who were top Harley Street psychologists, and they did um, a global Alpha training to train the local pastors to run Alpha in Skid Row. And the next photo is of him. Um, he came with me to Germany. I was speaking at a church there. And the first thing he wanted to do as soon as we arrived in that town, Nuremberg, was to go and visit the drug den. So this is him reaching out and talking to two of the heroin addicts who live there. And then one day we couldn't um, find anyone to carry the cross in our church. 
And uh, yes, this is me dressed in robes. Um, and uh, that's Paul Carley, who um, I brought on staff two and a half years into the ministry to help run, uh, develop it with me. But that picture of him carrying the cross, if you're on social media, that has had more responses than any single photo I have ever put online. Because people who are part of our church, they know his story and they know how far he's come. Then um, someone else I want to introduce you to is someone called Shane. Shane was once on the list of being the, um, one of the top six most violent prisoners in our country. The Home Office have a list of all the most violent prisoners. He was a violent child growing up. He started crime at the age of five, believe it or not. And then he was in and out of prison and um, tried to kill two prison officers. Um, he, tried, he did actually stab them. Uh, fortunately, they, they were not killed, but he stabbed them with a broken bottle inside the prison, which I don't know how he got hold of it. And he spent three years locked in a solitary confinement cell with just a uh, small hatch that had to be unlocked to put his food through. And if ever he came out of his cell, it required seven armed officers with full riot gear to guard him because he was so violent. When he came through the three years in solitary confinement, he was back on the wing, and one day he was on his way to um, the education department. And um, But he ended up going into the chapel. And as he sat at the back, he thought, oh no, this is a course on God. What would God want with a scumbag like me? And he was about to get up and leave in the, in the tea break and someone said, oh, we're about to serve chocolate biscuits. And he said, I'm staying. <laughs> he came back every week for the chocolate biscuits, not because he wanted to learn about God. And on the Holy Spirit day, um, he received prayer, didn't experience anything, went back to his cell, and then God spoke to the chaplain and said, I want you to go and unlock Shane and bring him back to the chapel and pray for him again. And the chaplain said, God, this is Shane. And God said, yes, I know. Do what I've told you. So he went, and un unlocked Shane, brought him back to the chapel. And um, the chaplain explained the gospel message again to Shane and then prayed for him. And Shane talks about this bubbling feeling that started in his stomach, came up, 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 and then he burst into tears and sobbed for 20 minutes. Now, he did not cry at all, but he sobbed. And then um, the, <laughs> the chaplain gave him Bible. Did you love my Bible? And um, he said to Shane, you're going to need this now. So the chaplain takes him back to the wing, and normally the officers would literally be, here comes Shane. Just be careful, we don't know what's going to happen. And on this occasion, Shane comes in and says to the officers, Jesus is real. Jesus is real. Jesus is real, literally to all the officers. And he was a Saul who became a Paul at that moment of being filled with the Holy Spirit. And um, within weeks, he became the chapel orderly, which was a privileged position in, in the um, in the, in, in the prison, and then eventually, after 18 months, he was released, and he met and married Sam, and they've had five children, um, called Angel, Grace, Jacob, Isaac, and Elijah. Now, you can't get much better than that, can you? Um, and I said to him at this time, um, I, I actually took him on his first prison visit, post, um, post coming out of, of prison, 
And he gave his testimony and all the men responded and came forward. They just wanted to touch him and say to him, if God can change your life, maybe he can change my life. And then I said to him after another 18 months, you, you better get a passport. I'm sure you're going to be invited somewhere. He said, I've never traveled in my life. I said, don't worry, you're going to be in, 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 invited. So about a year later, he, he didn't get a passport. He emailed saying, I've been invited to do a TEDx talk in Luzira Maximum Security Prison in Kampala. I've never been on an aeroplane. Someone needs to take me. Now, I thought Paul Carley would take him as a guy or one of the other men on the team, but all their diaries were full. And I was actually ordained in Uganda. So um, Paul said, oh, Em, you take him to Uganda. So the next uh, uh, picture is him and me at um, Heathrow Airport. Now, um, he got upgraded, and I got so excited for him. He didn't know what it meant, as you can imagine. I said, it means you've got a bigger seat to sit in, Shane, and <laughs> you'll be more comfortable. But off we went to Uganda, and he did this most brilliant TEDx talk in Luzira Prison. There were 2,500 prisoners in this huge courtyard. There were 500 dignitaries sitting, um, and the, the Lord Chief Justice uh, was there as well. And uh, after he gave his talk, because there were six speakers, it was the coffee break, and these prisoners, if they could have all come and touched him, they would have, but they again wanted to shake his hand and say to him, your testimony was just so powerful. If God can change your life, maybe he can change mine. And, you know, he always sobs when he talks about being filled with the Spirit. And my uh, bishop, who ordained me, lives in Gulu, which is a six-hour drive north of Kampala. He wanted to meet Shane, so he came down to meet him. I'm sorry, this is a bit of a dark photo, but that's Bishop Johnson who, who, who ordained me in 2011 with Shane. And um, Shane you know, comes down to our prison ministry conference, so um, I want to just tell you what a servant he is. I mean, the next photo is him and me at our conference a few years ago, um, and he's just on fire for Jesus. But I, I would want to add, his life is not simple. His, you know, he still lives in the area where he did crime and where a lot of his criminal friends are. If ever you have extra prayers, would you pray for Shane? You know, I've been on the phone to him even whilst I've been here, and it's just difficult if you've been a big-time criminal not to be sucked in or mocked for your faith. And um, so I continue to pray for him. So how do we bear fruit like these guys are bearing fruit? Well, first of all, we lean into Jesus. And we love him, and we love his word and I, I do believe that, you know, we do have to be transformed daily by the renewing of our minds. That's why we have to learn daily from his word. And we need to be empowered by the Holy Spirit. Because I haven't got time to tell you all the stories, but so many of the, as it were, the new sort of chapters in my life have always been led initially by a power encounter with the Holy Spirit. And then if we follow the words in, Paul, in this um, passage in Colossians, we will bear fruit in every good work. We will increase in our knowledge of God, and we will be strengthened with all power by God's glorious might. And it's that power that gives us endurance, patience, and joy. Amen? Well, I think we need to respond, don't you? Shall we, shall we stand and ask the Holy Spirit to come and just to touch our hearts again?
And if you've never put your trust in Jesus and you've heard just now about this God who changes lives and who can transform anyone and you want to maybe pray for the first time and say, Jesus, would you be Lord of my life? I'll just lead you in a prayer and echo it in your heart because the journey and the relationship with Jesus is the most amazing and thrilling thing we can ever do. So here's the prayer if you'd like to follow. Lord Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross for me to forgive me for all the things I've done wrong. I confess before you now and repent of my sins. Please would you come into my heart now. Fill me with your love and your power that I might follow you all the days of my life. And thank you for your promise that you will be with me and remain with me. We hope you enjoyed this podcast brought to you from Mount Pleasant Baptist Church. Our prayer is that what was said today inspires you and strengthens you in your faith. If you would like to talk to someone about what you've heard today, you can contact the team during office hours on the number you can find on our website at mounties.org.au. Thanks for joining us. We look forward to having your company again soon. God bless.